0: How is everybody this morning? Good. Um, I just want to start off in prayer. Father, we glorify your name, and I thank you, God, for your presence in all of our lives. And I pray, Lord God, as the word goes forth this morning, your word says that the entrance of the word brings light, and it gives understanding to the simple God. Help us all to understand, change us. Amen. So, as I was listening to Terry <clears throat> this morning talk about the Daniel fast, the only thing I could think of was there's a lot of fruits in that fast, right? Have you ever seen the inside of Terry's car? It is a Daniel fast. <laughs> there are <laughs> bags of fruit all over her car. So, this is perfect for you. This is like simpatico. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> the last time I was up here, uh, well, first of all, I went to Bible college. You know that was I thought for so many years. I thought it was a waste of my parents' money and my time because I was not sitting in that calling. I wasn't utilizing the calling. I was doing many things, but I was not doing that. And the last time I was up here, and Pastor asked us all to speak on on different aspects. The second I started to speak, God said, "Are you ready?" well, I'm here, I was ready to talk, so I said to myself, yeah, but he kept saying it throughout the whole sermon, are you ready, and <clears throat> I believe it was for the opening of, an, of the women's ministry, and I'm so excited about that, and I went to pastor, and I always have like a little outline, I love putting that stuff together and dropping it in somebody's lap, and everybody be happy, and we know exactly where we're going, and nobody has any questions. And I walked into pastor's office, and I thought, he's going to think I'm absolutely nuts, because I'm just here to say, I'm I believe God has called me to talk to you, and here I am to do women's ministry, but above and beyond that, I have no idea. And every other pastor that I've known in my life, or and his scholar said, well, where's your plan? What are you going to do? And pastor said, two weeks ago, you would have walked in my office. I would have said, run. But he said, now we're going to start here and begin to pray for what God has for us to do. Yeah. So here we are today. <laughs> As I sat in that meeting, God said, I'm going to give you everything step by step, I'm not going to give it to you in advance. So the second I sat in that meeting and I said those words to him, I knew in my spirit God said, where are you? And that whole conversation that we had, I wanted to say, can you hold on? I'm talking to the pastor because I can't write all this down. And I, I really, I've had two strokes. I remember very little, okay? You can ask my kids again. They call me two-stroke brode for a reason. <laughs> Okay, because I forget a lot of things. And I write them all down because I forget them, okay? So as soon as I got out in the parking lot, oh, this is loud. As soon as I got out in the parking lot, I started writing things down. And uh, God really started off there, where are you? So being ready to preach, whatever, I went into God's word and the only thing that I could think of at that point in time is, "Where are you?" was the Garden of Eden. So I began to read <clears throat> in the Holy Word of God. Can you see that? Anybody who is over 35 might have a little bit of a parabola with that paper. right? So it talks about It talks about uh, Adam and Eve. Specifically, it starts off with Eve, and it says, Now the serpent was most cautious of all the wild animals of the field that Jehovah God had made. So it said to the woman, Did God really say that you must not eat from every tree in the garden? At this time, the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. But God has said about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, you must not eat from it. No, you must not even touch it. Otherwise, you're just going to die. At this point, the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. For God knows that, every, for, wow, God knows that in the very day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and that <clears throat> you will be like God, knowing good and evil, good and bad. Consequently, the woman saw the tree for good and the food for food, that it was something desirable to her eyes. And what did she do? She ate of it. So at that point in time in the garden, right before the eating of that fruit we call an apple, Adam and Eve had enjoyed perfect and a loving relationship with God. They were in his presence. God had cultivated that piece of land that they stood on only for that relationship. God was not seeking anything else at that point in time. Primarily was the relationship. God placed Adam in that garden. We all know from the beginning of the word Adam was placed in that garden to take care and tend it. He took care of the animals. He named them all. These are all personal things. When you have a baby, you're not calling 17,000 people and saying, give me, give me your top five names. You're, you're sick and tired of people telling you what to name your kid. You just want to name your kid. Back up. Well, that's what God, this is, this is Adam. God went in there and he was having that relationship with him. And that relationship is a vertical relationship. Everything was open to Adam. He had free reign. Eve had free reign in that garden. They had no idea what sin was at that time. They were naked. They had no idea. This was all just what it was. It was a safe place for them where God had created that. And everything was just vertical. It was all ready. Then we go to slide two. Here we are. So now they've eaten of the fruit, right? What happens, their eyes were opened. Oh my gosh, we're naked. How did they even know the word? I always think of that. How did they know they were naked? What is that word? I mean, they're really thinking things up here, but now that something's come into your life and you've changed the relationship. You've totally just changed it. You flipped a switch, the light came on, you see everything differently. Something went awry. Now we start to look around. We start to look around, we say, our garments aren't correct. What's the matter here? We have we have a problem going, our th- thoughts. They begin to come cloudy because we let something change in our status with our relationship. And our adversary knows how to bend the truth. Be rest assured, Satan knows how to bend the truth. He was created by God. He was in the heavenlies with God. He knows the word. People, we have to know the word of God, and we have to hide it in our heart. Not just because the pastor said you have to learn 16,000 verses this week, and not because you have to learn the book of Ephesians just to spew it out like words, but because you need to hide it in your heart so that you can call it up when Satan says to you, no, no did God really say that? And you're saying, yeah, he said I can't touch it. That's not what he said. You have to know the word and you have to have it hidden in your heart. Right now, we're in a nation where we can walk around and we can carry that word of God with us and we can open it up. We can put it on our phones and we can open it up whatever we want. And we could search the word uh, joy. We could search the word Uh, happiness. We could search the word anger, and you could find all these thousands of things. That's what your brain... That's what our head is for. That's what our heart is for. You should be hiding those things in your heart so that your adversary cannot come in and change, that you're able to stand firm in those things. And we do it all the time. I mean, I do it all the time. I'm like, yeah, it says somewhere in the Word of God that this is what we're supposed to do. But really our adversary is gonna trip you up. You have to be willing and able to do a little work for that relationship. You had that perfect relationship. It's like with your parents, you know, you had that great relationship when you were like one month old to like 12, (laughs) okay? And then around 12 and a half, it all starts to change. Because we start to make decisions pastor would say, stinking thinking. We're not taking the word of God and applying it to our lives and our thoughts and our deeds with our friends. And the things that they say to us, they sound really true. Like our, my mom would say, you know, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you go with them? And I think, yeah, probably would. It'd be fun. we would been jumping off bridges all over the place, not realizing at the end there might be death. But, you know, we were going." So, you know, you have to be so ready with that word of God to just fight it out here. It's a sword. These are grapes. And in thinking about this this sermon, I thought about um, my girl's father. He went to a Christian school. And... uh, one of the teachers, there was this one kid, he was always causing all the trouble. So, you know, you always just point to them right away when something happens. And she says, Jay, how did that grape, who th- Jay, did you throw that grape? He's like, Miss Krista, I did not throw the grape. So we knew there was a word in that sentence that was incorrect, right? Jay, did you toss the grape? No, Krista, Miss Krista, I did not toss the grape. Did you whip the grape, Jay? This kept going down, right? No, Miss Krista, I did not whip the grape. And finally she says, What did you do with the grape? And he said, I flicked it. <laughs> we, you, me, were always finding words that distract God, that distract the people around us. We're trying to hide the truth. We're trying to hide what we're going through so people can't see. You think you can hide from God? You can't. We're trying to change the aspect. We're trying to change the, the ways that the outcome is going to come out, right? So, as we're changing the outcome, God says, where are you? Where are you? Does anybody here really think that God did not know where Adam and Eve were? If I had a bush up here, I probably would peer behind it because that's just what I like to do and go, i here, I'm here. God knew where they were. He knew they, it, you know, very few times as an adult do I ask the question that I don't know the answer to. I like to have the answers, especially with those two over there. I had the answer before I knew, before I asked the question. But that's God when we're hiding That is God. He, thankfully, He faithfully looks for us. He pursues us longingly and lovingly and says, Where are you? Kathy, where are you? Trish, where are you? Amanda, Brad, where are you? Where are you hiding? And why are you hiding? (laughs) It's that relationship. He's only asking because he knows the relationship has changed. The vertical relationship that you had has now become horizontal. You've now changed the aspect of the whole relationship with God because you've made it lay flat. Because you're hiding behind a bush, and you're not going to tell them where you are. A lot of us, most of us, probably a good portion of us in here, have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We've called on God to change our circumstances. We've called on God to continue to save us from our sins, to forgive us for those things that we do to daily, every day. But we're still hiding. And the funny thing is you're hiding in right in plain sight. You're not even very creative about it. I mean, God can see the entire... He's omnipresent Like if I could have had omnipresence when I was playing hide-and-go-seek when I was young, think of how much time I could have saved looking for those 10 kids every day in in my neighborhood. I'm like, oh, where did they hide today? And we had like six houses we could hide through, you know, so it was like crazy. But God is everywhere. So you're hiding right in plain sight. He's standing there. Wait, he's just standing there. And you're hiding right in plain sight. There are a lot of reasons why we hide. Even though we have heard God calling and accepted his grace, we're still going to hide. We're still going to try and take care of those things with our friends, with our studies, with our parents. We're still going to try and do that. Even though we've accepted his total grace, we're still going to try. We're still going to hide. And how do we, how do we as individuals hide? So I got to thinking, okay, God, how do I, how do I hide? Because I like to. I looked back and I hid a lot. For years, I sat right in front of Brenda Allen, hidden in plain sight. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was supposed to do or what I wanted to do, and I knew God knew and I didn't want to know. And I just sat there. I came to church every week and I praised and I sang. Not very well, but I did. And I sat there hidden. I sat there hidden. So I thought, okay, how do I hide? I got this. God, if I'm nothing... And if my kids who know me and my coworkers who know me, one of them is my kid and my coworker, which is bad, I like to make lists. I always have a plan A, B, C, or D. Z, all the way to Z, I make plans. So I have my list with me today. And God, you're really at the bottom of my list because you know that we're supposed to be able to do for ourselves. So I will take my list and I will check off every single one of these things. This is like Christmas, right? And it's actually wrapping paper because I was, didn't have anything, but we always try, we rely on ourselves. I relied on myself for years. Everything that I thought I needed I could just take care of if i'd work harder if i'd be smarter if i'd if i'd you know hide this from somebody if i'd take care of it if i would just do all these lists and i have i have books you guys like pastor comes up here he's so amazing my journals these are not journals these are lists These are lists of all the things that I'm going to do. And I buy a book. I was in Walgreens this morning, people. I wanted to buy a book because I needed to have lists of how I was going to take care of my life, how how Kim Brody was going to take care of all of this madness that happens around her every single day. I was going to take care of it. Not that I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me, even though I knew that in my mind. I knew that I was gonna do all things that strengthened me through my list. I got this. I can work harder. I'm fairly smart. The word fairly there is emphasized. I can take care of all these things so nobody else has to come and do it. I'm relying on myself. I say to myself, Look at the Ten Commandments. I'm not committing murder, okay? I'm not stealing. I we're here. We're remembering the Sabbath. I'm keeping it holy. But I still got my list. We're not going to let God take care of anything else because those plans and those lists that we have, they're really important to us. We've got to take care of it ourselves before God could even help us. God said he came here for the sick. He came here for those people. He didn't come for the healthy. He didn't come for people that are well. He came for the people who are sick. He is going to take care of, he's here to help us. He is our list. He is our list maker. All And then you realize you're banging your head against the wall. I mean, when you've hit Z and your list still isn't working, your head hurts. Your head just hurts. So then what do we do? Oh, Jesus, you see my mess. You see that all these things that I did didn't work out. I'm gonna finally call on you. I've hid behind this list. God couldn't, God's not able to move because I'm in my list. I'm not in the word of God. I'm not even using the word of God that I know inside me. Other than that, I need to take care of this. I need to take care of this. God is saving the world. I can take care of my list. So the next thing, well, within that one, that's our our pride, right? We want to be thought of as intelligent, self-supporting, individuals, which, you know, part of that is true. God wants us to be that way. God wants us to have a mind of our own, but he wants to have control of that mind. He wants us to rely on him for those things, not us relying on ourselves. Put the pride down. Put your pride away. It, has, it is not going to help you one bit. It's just not going to help in these situations. Let me see here if I... uh, I got a lot of stuff up here again. I'm sorry. I don't know if I marked it or not. Sorry. Sorry. And Paul, in 2 Corinthians... He talks about, um, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glorify in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And that's it. That These things that I depend on are not, they're just not, it's just boasting in myself. I took care of this. I took care of this. I took care of this. Did you see what I took care of? I took care of that for you. No, God wants to do that. In your weakness, and you can't think of one more thing to go, one more step to go through, God is there. God is there to say, I made perfect in your weakness, people. I am made perfect. Come. Let me help you. Let me take care of that. When we are weak, he is strong. It's just that simple. And then the second thing that I said to myself was, where else do I hide God? And this is a tough one for me because I really do like this area. And, you know, in in learning what God has taught me over these couple weeks, it was not just for you. It was totally for me. A couple months, actually. This is me because I like to do, there's nothing to see here. Move along, move along, move along, move along. There's nothing to see here. There's nothing to see here. There's a big gaping hole over here. Nothing to see. Just keep going. Move along, move along. That sounds kind of ridiculous, but that's exactly what I've always done. With that list, with that list, there's nothing to see here. I'm OK remember it back in the I don't know if you remember. some of you are really young. But I'm okay, you're OK. That book came out years ago. I'm okay, you're okay. There's nothing to see here. I mean, what a way to plaster, you know, just plaster things over your life. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. We're hiding because of, this is me. I'm hiding because I'm afraid, I'm fearful, and I am ashamed. God already knows what I'm going through. But I cannot stop hiding it. I can't. The little song, Hide It Under a Bushel, no. That's going to be my new song, so if you hear it a lot in the house, I'm sorry, Liz. Mac and I will be singing it because, no, you know, because my whole life, a lot of my life, I hid things. Um, let me just get my items here. And apparently they're out of order, so excuse me. I was called into ministry. I met God in a dorm room at college on a uh, Jimmy Swagger crusade. I was just watching it. I just had the pleasure and the joy of watching it and receiving Jesus Christ into my life. Back in 1982, June 4th, the best day of my life. And then the journey started. I went to Bible college, I got married, We're going to be serving. And this was one of the first things that happened in my life. If you can't see it, it says marriage. There is nothing to see here. Move along. There's nothing to see in this marriage, people. Everything's perfect. I'm okay. You're okay. P.S. S.S.S.S.S. It was not. It was a nightmare. It was really good for a lot of years. And then uh, we bought a business. Bad. Because we made that decision, and honestly, we did make that decision on our own. And I remember I remember our pastor, Pastor Arsted at the time, wonderful man of God, counseled counseled my husband, stop. That day, when we decided to take over our lives, things started to fall apart. So I hid, I hid that that was going on. I hid it so well that when my husband and I separated, not one of my friends, my family, knew that there was anything going on. His new friends knew, but my friends, my co-workers, none of them even knew. My husband was supposed to sing in my sister's wedding in September. We separated in May. called my sister the week before the wedding and said, Oh, I think there's going to be a problem. He's not coming. And when you hide, and when you hide, and you have a list to fix the marriage, and you hide... You are getting this much counsel. Zero counsel. And what do you think that adversary is doing? Oh. Okay, it's not gonna work. Okay, forget it. Your adversary is messing with you. He's messing with you. He's messing with you. He's messing with you, 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 and you, and you. And he is like in his heyday. He's like a college kid on college football days. He's full on excited. Whoa, we're going to beat him. These people are going down. He's spiking the football. He's so excited because you have not hidden. You do not know. And you are not telling anybody because you're hiding. Nobody knows. Nobody can help you. Zero people are walking in that door, and they're going to help you. And God is standing right here, and he's looking at you, and the hammer's coming down. You have that hammer right over that piece of glass, and you're going to shatter it. You're just going to shatter it because you won't continue the vertical relationship you won't move that hiding you won't you're just like god this man and i are so happy we love each other so much i mean the joy he brings me when he comes in the house wow it's amazing amazing hmm. now you got that 12 year old And you're, like, so excited. They're growing up. They're going to get wings someday and fly. And they have come and cut yours right off. (laughs) Chapa. They're so excited. I'm so smart, mom. Oh, it's cloudy out today, I say. No, it's really blue out, mom. It starts. It just, ooh, everything you say, everything you say, everything we say, you say. Ooh, it goes backwards. It's not like we say happy, you say yeah. No, it's like we say happy, you say whatever. (laughs) It's rough. It's rough. (sighs) Again, my little kids, they're perfect. They're so perfect. Don't you really wish, Paul, that you had perfect kids like I did? They're just so perfect. I mean, I just can't get happier. I'm so happy. I'm telling all my friends, it's a glorious day. And then I'm like Cinderella, little birds chirping around me, <laughs> carrying my clothes. Yeah, inside I'm like <sighs> ripping my clothes off, throwing things across the room, whipping things You know at people. Get out of my way, move it. Get my list, I gotta fix this. I'm hiding. Wow, it's crazy. That's a crazy time of your life, man. You don't think you need people around at that point, and you don't think you need Jesus to raise a teenager? Parenting is not for the faint at heart. It is really not. And Jesus, he's a way maker for that. And you have people who are going through infertility, maybe miscarriages, okay? And you don't want to tell anybody, I get that. But you can't hide You've got to be Hannah. You've got to be out there crying to God. You've got to have that vertical relationship in that woman because be rest assured, you will be chopped meat during that period of your life because you're hiding it. No, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. We're waiting. All those things you say to yourself, you have to be, these vertical relationships are so important. Mental health issues, none of us have those. I'm hiding behind that even right now, okay? Anxiety right there. I'm hiding, hello. I'm so thrilled to be here. I am thrilled to be here actually and I really don't have any anxiety, it flew away. But how many of us are sitting in this room that have depression, stress, Shame, anxiety, shame, huge, that's huge. That's why we're hiding, we don't want anybody to know. We do not want people to know. When I was going through my divorce, yikes, I was a hot mess from the hours of 11 o'clock at night till two in the morning. I, during the day, I performed, I worked, I took care of my kids, I did what needed to be done. But between 11 and two, That was me. I was a hot mess. I broke down every single night. I didn't call on God during those hours. I called on God, well, why aren't you bringing him back? That's how I called on God for a long time. Why aren't you bringing him back? Instead of saying, God, I'm hiding behind all this stuff because I can't let you see that my marriage is falling apart I can't let you see it he's already knowing it but he because I'm a magician and I'm hiding everything did you see the flowers over here you know he pulled them out from over here but you're not really quite sure God knows God stands right there he's waiting and in our area and just across the world you know President Trump has called it an epidemic now. It's great proportions drug abuse. Let's just be real. Let me see. I have one, two, three, four, well, well, five. All of those are from, I hid behind every one of those for years. I had a child who was in the midst of that. I don't know if I hid, did I hide myself so much behind that one? I I don't know. Not according to you, right? I came after her full force, but I couldn't let anybody else know it. And God, I was just taking care of it with my list. Until my mother, who was an amazing woman and hid behind things her whole life as well, came to me and said, we're going to get a hold of God tonight, and we're going to find out what to do for that. And there she sits today. Yeah, And when my other daughter left to go live with her father, which I knew was the biggest mistake, my mother said, we're going to pray for that today. She's gone, but God knows. God knows. So Dolores June, you can thank Dolores June. I don't know if you should thank her or what, but anyway. Okay. (laughs) Some days they thank her, some days they don't. (laughs) Okay? Some people are hiding behind physical abuse. There's nothing to see here. Verbal, verbal, mental abuse. People, God. God doesn't want you to hide behind this stuff anymore. He wants you to come out in the open and have that vertical relationship. We've been praying for 50-some days now, I think, that one thing. The one thing that we need is that relationship. To be in his presence, it clouds all of this up. It takes all of that away. It takes that list and these books, hope nothing falls out. But in those books, it just takes that, that's so much effort, effort to hide. It's a lot of work. It's so easy to say, God. My pride is this big. My ashamedness is as big as this room. I am ashamed of it all, but I know God. You can make something beautiful out of it. When they talked about those jars of clay today, I just—they sang that song. I just think of Patsy Claremont in the nineteen whatever. God uses broken vessels. And I always see a big, big, huge clay jar when I sing that song with light just beaming out of those cracks because that's what he wants to do. He wants to take those situations you've gone, you're going through, when you, when you unhide them, they're still there. They're still there when you unhide what you're trying not to make people see. It's all still there. But God... Will change this. Will help you in your mind, walk through in your heart, walk through those things in a deliverance. You can. It's totally different than us setting it up every single day. God. God wants to take those things. You're going to be using those. I'll be using those in ministry. I'm using them today. I would have never thought I would have talked about any some of these things ever. But God already knew. God is going to use those things to minister to people around you. How many people do you know right now that you could count in your mind that are going through some of those things and they're hiding? They're hiding in plain sight. They are broken individuals just waiting for the love of God. God and the power of his presence to change their lives. You still might have to go through it, but it's a total different thing walking through it. And it just sounds crazy. It doesn't sound right in your mind. Well, I'm still going to go through it, so what's the big, just, let me do my thing. When you walk through it with Jesus Christ and his power, it's totally different. You have that fullness, just like Adam and Eve had. They have that loving, full relationship with God in the beginning of it. They could have still, God, put, God did move them out, but he still, he said, I'm gonna make a way for that vertical relationship. We don't have to sacrifice on this altar. Pastor doesn't have to stand behind something with the bell on praying that it's ringing the whole time. We can pull him out if it isn't. He made Jesus Christ. He gave his only begotten son to shed his blood for those, those sins so we don't have to hide. I know we're ashamed and we don't want, but how many times do we, we might have a, a, a loving sister or a loving brother for your family that could talk to you and pray with you. And I know each and every one of us have been hurt in church. And that's such, I hate that saying because I have been hurt in the world just as much. We're all only human, right? But you have a trusting friend that you can go speak to. You have an elder that you could talk to and have them pray with you. How much are you missing out on the knowledge that people have gone through and God has shown them that you can go through and you may not have to be so long in it? You don't have to keep walking around that mountain hiding those things from, from God and, and people, People love you. There are people that actually love us for us. All of your flaws, all of your acne, and all of your crazy curly hair, and being overweight, I really can't hide that one, but we try, you know. There are spanks. So, you know, <laughs> there's not enough of them for you can fit on yet, but you know what I'm saying. But, you know, you don't have to hide behind those things anymore. God wants to change your circumstance. He wants to change the tide. He wants to change the tide in your life. Um, Let me see here. In Jonah, it says, I know that thou art a gracious God, and merciful and slow to anger and great kindness. The kindness we don't get. We don't even give it to ourselves. And repentance thee of evil. God, I turn. I'm gonna hand you all of this, this stuff. I'm gonna hand you my hide and go seek button I'm going to I'm going to stop hiding God and I am going to believe that you're, you are slow to anger God now that I'm showing you this big whole mess that I got all set up you're going to be merciful to me Your word says you are slow to anger and that you have great kindness Why wouldn't you want that? Why would you keep hiding behind your sin, trying to cover it up? Don't. Don't do that today. Know that God cares for you and that he loves you. And through all of that, What we see is what God sees. I don't know, I'm going to get this up here, but we'll try. It covers it all. God's love just covers it all. Can you guys come up?
1: here with me There's no need to cover And I
0: If you're hiding, if you have things in your life that you want God to just take reign of, we ask you to come down to the altar. There'll be people that come here to worship with you, to pray with you, to help you understand what God has. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your love. We thank you, God, that you're the lighthouse, God, that you shine the light around and that we're able to see through the darkness, that you've given us a way to escape because you've shown us that light, God. We can see it. We can see it, God. Help us. Help us to stop hiding, to get rid of those shackles that the taskmaster is not able to dominate those areas anymore. But that you are God and that our relationship with you would be that one thing that we seek, Lord God. That one thing that we seek.